got one man up and Jonathan Joseph comes straight through the middle. Got Mike Brown to beat as the last line of a defence and here goes Joseph. Joseph's going to get over. Oh, and he was absolutely knocked back into that tweet by Atwood. David Atwood has got titanium in his shoulders at the moment. Watson goes on the outside. Oh, Watson goes Hello and welcome to the Bath Rugby Plug podcast, the rugby podcast by the fans for the fans, plugging the boys in blue, black and white. I am back once again in the host chair. My name is Gable and I'm joined this week by the other Bath fan uh, in your lives. Charlie isn't here this week, but I'm with Tom to to talk about uh, all things uh, blue, black and white. Tom, how are you? Very good, thanks, mate. Yeah, good to be be back. Apologies uh, for my absence last week, but um, yeah. Good to be back in, in in the hot seat. Yeah, and you mentioned your your absence last week, um, and, and and me and Charlie did discuss quite a lot of our brilliant weekend interludes. Uh, just wanted to get your your thoughts of it. You you finally uh, recovered from from not just the drinking, but also the the scrummaging that you took part in o- over the weekend. Yeah, I think that was that was mainly what it was. To be honest, I uh, just been able to just in the last few days um, now able to walk, which is uh, which is nice. Now I think I think. Uh, you boys uh, described everything very well uh, that happened in Toulouse. I think potentially uh, dropped me in it a little bit. Um, you, I think, said to to, to Van Dyke uh, that I could I could <laughs> I fancy myself as a bit of a, a bit of a tight head and and could take him on. I didn't believe that to be the case. But how many opportunities do you get to to pack down against a a fully fledged tight head prop? And um, yeah, I, th- I thought it was interesting uh, t- to see that he he actually said to me uh, just beforehand that he'd hurt his back and that he shouldn't really be scrummaging. But um, he turned out. A against uh, Grenoble on Saturday for Toulouse so he obviously um, found a little bit of confidence by uh, by packing down against me and uh, yeah I'm not surprised but um, yeah thoroughly <laughs> thoroughly enjoyed the weekend it was a fantastic city and uh, fantastic rugby club as well and it, oh, just on the game as well is there any what, what was your main takeaway from the game uh, me and Charlie spoke primarily about about the missed chances that Bath couldn't take but then the fight in the second half to to stay in the game and have the opportunity to win it anything else you'd like to add on the game itself not just the the weekend. I think I think you boys nailed nailed it really last week. I think we we were very poor. We turned to each other during the first half and said this is probably as about as bad as it's been just in terms of not taking opportunities, um missing uh guilted chances that that that, that probably would have put um, us on parity with Toulouse going into half time, but as it were, we were what seventeen uh, points to three down. Mm-hmm. For me, the the really frustrating one was that uh, driving more just before the first, just before the sort of the half time whistle. I thought, uh, you know, it's hard to tell from where we were sitting whether or not that was a that was a penalty against Toulouse, but um, it just always seems to happen to Bath that we were unable to unable to take those those, those chances. And you know, like you boys mentioned last week, um, in the round sort of half time before and after is such an important. A time to score and um, I thought we, we ultimately just left ourselves with a little too much to do um, in the second half despite what was sort of a valiant a valiant fight back. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And and as we say, we, me and Charlie uh, discussed that on, on last week's podcast. So if you haven't heard that, please uh, do download that one and, and just subscribe to, to the podcast wherever you do uh, get your podcasts. Um, and that way, all the episodes will be delivered straight to your device. Uh, just quickly as well, um, whilst I'm on this, uh, do follow us uh, across social media. As I mentioned last week, we're now across all three main social media platforms 
Twitter, Facebook, and now Instagram at Bath Rugby Plug across all three. So do keep up to date with us there uh, and let us know your thoughts as well. Um, and, and, and slightly in danger of going over um, some old ground as well, Tom. We talked last week about, about the five new Bath Rugby signings, uh, Stuart Boyce, uh, Judge and McNally and, and Mike Williams. Um, and, and me and Charlie picked out a couple there. Who would be, we mentioned that you were the, the resident tight head prop. Who would be the, the one of, of those that you would pick out as the most promising, the most exciting signing? I think, I think the most exciting, I'd, I'd probably agree with what you said last week, would be Will Stewart from Wasps. Um, I, I've been watching Wasps quite a lot in the in the Premiership. I enjoy watching them play. Well, I enjoyed watching them play last season at least. Um, and I think Will Stewart's been one of the standouts for them recently. Mm. Um, in a time when, you know, as, as we've spoken about, they've struggled. And I thought, as you mentioned, Dai Young's reaction to losing him was um, w- was quite telling. Um, you know, Young, promising tighthead props are hard to come by. Um, I think tighthead props potentially an area that we're slightly uh, lacking in depth mm. uh, at Bath, particularly compared to the other the other loose head side. So Will Stewart for me, as well as Christian Judge, um, both being young guys, uh, that's that that was really good to good to see pen to paper. I think I think the other one was was Josh McNally. Mm. Um, you know, we spoke about how Di Young was um, very disappointed to to lose Will Stewart, and I think you can often tell quite a lot. Um, about a signing, by the way, which coaches, other players, um, and even fans on social media react to, react to mm-hmm. them losing um, a, a certain player. And the reaction, certainly, that I saw on, on social media from uh, London Irish fans was very much along those lines. I think, I think firstly, they're, they're probably getting a little bit frustrated um, ha- ha- that we continue to poach, poach all their players. And, and just a quick look down the, the, the Bath squad reveals sort of how many ex-London Irish players we've got. You know, Anthony Watson, Joseph, Henry Thomas, Garvey, Lahif, and uh, even Toby Booth on, yeah. the, on the coaching side. So yeah. uh, I think they must be um, getting a bit frustrated that a lot of their good, young, even academy guys graduate to, to, to the blue, black and white ranks. So um, yeah, but, but also how sort of London Irish fans were genuinely fr- frustrated um, to have lost Josh McAnally, who is their captain and, and, and who I think has been, been a really, really uh, strong player for them um, in the championship and in, and in previous seasons. Yeah, I think a few of those guys, guys you mentioned, sorry, uh, Watson and Joseph spring to mind primarily. They certainly came came to Bath in in the early stages of their career, uh, whereas Josh McNally is, is now 28, I believe, and has gained a lot of experience in the championship and now captains the side, and, and that that must that's a really uh, good attribute to bring. And as well as that, I think with the with the constraints of the salary cap, how they are at the moment, and and with it becoming more and more difficult to get a, a well balanced squad under those constraints, I think getting players from the championship who who have got experience at that level and promoting them to your squad, not necessarily to be the first team starters necessarily. Um, but to just bolster your ranks um, for weeks when when you have injuries or when you have internationals away, and I think a good example of this is um, is the is Michael Le Bourgeois who yep. who's who's been at Wasps and he was captain of um, I think it, was it Bedford. I'm not sure. To myself, it was, well, he was yeah, captain yeah. of one of the championship sides, like McNally, and he's come in and, and had to make a real impact for Wasps, um, and it has been impressive at at. At in parts um, and filled in for their more expensive um, their more expensive signings in in, in other areas. Uh, so I think that is definitely something that, that sides are looking to do, um, and I, I think the Manali signing is a is a is a sign of that. All the more all the more so impressive, given that Le Bourgeois has been uh, 
been also playing a role in Peaky Blinders, I think, uh, as, far, as far as I can tell from his from his from his haircut. But um, yeah, completely agree. And even just looking a little bit closer to home, um, Max Wright, Max Green, we've we've both mm. spoken quite you know highly about about those guys. Those guys obviously had had experience um, in Championship side. So um, yeah, completely agree with you. And it's uh, it's great to see us us uh, signing these guys. I think. Um, the sort of inevitability is that we're going to be announcing more players whose contracts won't be um, mm. renewed. Uh, Max Lahif, um out of contract. Lucas Nogueira, I think, has got one more um, year on his contract, but um, not not sure if if that will be renewed. So um, yeah, I guess uh, exciting times for the future. Um, really good to see that the young guys getting getting brought in. Just just one question, actually, sort of on on McInally. So I think this is a theme that we're starting to see from Bath and it's that they do like these more versatile um, second rows that can play blindside as well. So we've got mm. Matt Garvey, um, Tom Ellis, obviously now more of a six, but you know, he has played, he has played second row, Josh McAnally, Mike Williams, another signing from, from Leicester mm. is obviously um, Zimbabwean born, but, but involved in the England setup in under, under Eddie Jones. I know, um, you know, that you previously have been pretty sceptical about these players that sort mm. of play five and a half, um, do, 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 do you like that sort of that sort of setup? Do you, can you see a role for the guys who can sort of play second row and six? I, I can definitely see a role for them uh, within a squad sort of scenario whereas whereas we mentioned um, the Bath squad in previous years has been stretched at times um, and, and, and by having players that can play lock and back row that only um, helps with, with the squad with the squad depth, but I will be wary of the fact that you know Charlie's often uh, been been annoyed at the fact that when we're putting square pegs in round holes, for example, and he like he certainly likes players playing in their best positions, and I definitely agree with that. Whereas I can see an element, I can see a positive for them on the squad depth side of things. I would like them to know what their best position is. And I think for, for both McNally and for Williams, that best position is six. And so I'd like to see them nail down there and, and be used in the in the lock position um, if required. But I would like to see them nail down a, a, a position that, 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 that they are best at, if yeah, you but understand I, what I mean. I, I agree with you. I do think, though, that increasingly, and this probably wasn't the case sort of five, ten years ago, I do think increasingly the roles of second rowers and back rowers, but particularly second rowers and, and blindside flankers are actually merging together. Mm. Um, obviously, with the players being more athletic, fitter, and the handling skills are better. The only time, really, that you're going to see, um, you know, that you're genuinely going to have to wear a number on your back and, and fit into a position is at scrum time. Yeah. Flankers are used as much, maybe not as much, but, you know, they use a lot in the line out as well. Um, and, and at restarts, obviously, different teams have different structures there. So um, I think... Um, Numbers on the back of the shirts are becoming less important. We've we've certainly seen that recently uh, with some of Eddie Jones's comments mm. uh, about uh, uh, Jack Nowell, obviously. Um, but but I do agree with you. I think it, it it helps from a psychological perspective, particularly if a player yeah. has a position that they can target and that they know that you know that's the primary position that they're competing, um, to, to, you know, to wear the first team shirt for. Yeah, I think I think you're spot on. I think we're in agreement there. Um, right, just to to give you uh, an idea of what's to come on this podcast. Um, so so Bath have been busy uh, in promoting players from our academy. We're going to touch on that. Um, also some news surrounding Anthony Watson. Uh, a bit of Six Nations chat. Uh, 
and then a look ahead to Bath's Premiership Cup game uh, against Gloucester, where we'll pick a combined Bath and Gloucester 15 of players that have represented both sides professionally. Um, so that'd be a really interesting one. Um, but first of all, Tom, I mentioned it just there, um, and, and Bath of this week announced that um, both Will Vaughan and Miles Reed are being promoted from the academy to the senior squad, um, and Archie Griffin, Gabriel Hammerweb, Naheem Merrigan and Max Ajomo have all signed long-term academy contracts, Tom. We've spoken before about how the aim is to be 50% homegrown by 2023 I think it is um so surely this on the on the basis of that it is is really really promising yeah it, it absolutely is and we speak a lot probably too much about you know potential signings on the rumor mill and we and we probably don't speak enough about these younger players coming through obviously we want to see the club wants to see um increasing proportions of of homegrown talent that's that's the best way um, you know, to ensure the long-term success of the club. We've seen that um, so evidently at Saracens. Obviously, with the academy credits um, that players get, it means that um, the sort of constraints um, of the salary cap are, are, are sort of less so on, you know, for that club. And, mm. and that's only fair. So it's fantastic to see these, these guys come through. We've obviously mentioned um, the, the three props that, that we've signed. So it's really good to see um, Will Vaughan, um, get his um, get his get his promotion to the to, to, you know his, his new contract. I think holds Will Vaughan. I think he's only he's only twenty. You wouldn't quite think so with that um, with that <laughs> with that beard. It is it is an impressive an impressive beard for for a twenty year old. So great to see him um, sort of graduate into what is such a competitive position um, at the club. As I mentioned, Miles Reed, another one who um, I've been really impressed with. You know, mm. mentioned him at the start of the season. He he has had had a few injury problems, so he's probably not progressed in the way that um, he potentially could have done um, during this season. But again, another addition to a fantastically talented and experienced uh, back row. And I imagine um, that, that you know he'll be absolutely relishing that challenge. There's no better people to learn off than than Falatau, uh, Francois Lowe, um, Sam Underhill, and 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 Co. Yeah, I think just on Miles Reed, especially, he's certainly spoken in the past about um, about his love of, of Bath rugby and, and how how proud he is to to wear that shirt, and and, and that's definitely uh, an element that the club are certainly trying to trying to promote and and grow within the club. Um, as for the the, the four uh, under eighteen guys, obviously not seen a great deal amount of them. However, their results, uh, we mentioned uh, the victory that they had against Harlequins uh, last week, and then they've had a couple of massive victories, smashing Bristol and, and Exeter on occasions this season. So that's really re- a reward for, for those guys, and also for the, the, academy manage, uh, the academy coaches. You think of the likes of Andy Rock mm. um, and, and, and other guys there, really a reward of, of the work they're doing. Um, these guys, all four of them, I know, are really highly rated, not just by Bath, but also uh, by, by England coaches. So it's great that we've got them tied down to, to what I described as long-term academy contracts. And, and, and long-term looking forward, but also sort of long-term looking backwards mm. as well, because all uh, six of these players have been involved um, in the in the pathway programme, as you say, from the ages of either 13 or 14. Mm. So it's a real credit to... Um, to the to the academy coaches to to the to everyone involved in in the pathway program at Bath because um you know they've they've set out quite clearly that they're looking to be um 
sort of 50% homegrown mm. by 2022, 2023. Um, and, you know, it's easy to, to, to make statements such as that, but it's also um, evident that this is something that they have been planning, um, you know, for, for four or five years with, mm. with these guys starting, um, you know, uh, at, at that time. Yeah, I think great stuff and, and, and really, really promising future for those guys. And maybe we'll, we'll start to see a couple of them in action over the, the coming seasons. Uh, right then, Tom, uh, Bath, like yourself, a lot of the Bath players have, have been enjoying um, a well-deserved week off um, and, and been getting up to all sorts uh, off the field. Um, and you've prepared a little social media quiz for me, just me today. Um, yeah. Uh, about what the Bath boys have been getting up to or, on their week off. So, so take it away. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's been described by uh, by some people as sort of the second pre-season. Obviously, with the with the Gloucester game only being Premiership um, Rugby Cup, a lot of seniors players won't be involved in that. And then there's another week break um, prior to the uh, the Gallagher Premiership kicking off. So, yeah, I've been. Um, sort of uh, having a look on social media, seeing what some of the players have been up to, um, trying to spend less time on on social media if possible, because it is, um, as we all know, all-consuming. So um, I, I guess just credit as well to to Daniel Evans uh, at Somerset Live, who, who put together an article... Um, which some of these questions um, are based on. So um, thank you, thank you, thank you for that. So yeah, just, so question number one, I guess. And um, yeah, if, mm. if you don't know these, I'll, I'll try and give you some clues because uh, <laughs> it's only you, as you say. I did think Charlie would be involved with this. Um, and I, I think you can count yourself lucky because uh, we know Charlie's probably uh, sat on social media a fair bit, fair bit more than you. But um, so que- question number one, which mercurial um, mm. back um, stayed in the UK um, over the week, but went to Stamford Bridge to watch Chelsea beat Spurs in a penalty shootout to reach the Carabao Cup final. Do you, mm. do you want me to give you some options, or, or have you got an inkling? Chelsea Tottenham. Chelsea Spurs. I don't even know what the Carabao Cup final is. <laughs> but, um, it, was... <laughs> it was a semi-final, wasn't it? I think it was definitely a semi-final. Um, I think yeah, I to know. reach the Carabao Cup final. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think Freddie Burns is a Chelsea fan. <laughs> so I was, was going to give you three options. <laughs> Burns, Cook or Max Clark. Yeah, I think um, Burns is a Chelsea fan. And it, you're right, it is Freddie Burns. <laughs> so um, that's, yeah, good good shout. Because <laughs> yeah. how much I know about football that, but luckily not a football <laughs> podcast. Um, question two. Mm. Which player who has recently captained Bath went to... A com- an intimate comedy gig with Rod Gilbert <laughs> over the week. Uh, I'm going to need the options. Well, so there aren't many, that many players who, who have Captain Bath, but I'll give you A, Matt Garvey, B, Captain Will Chudley, um, or C, Charlie Yules. Oh, I was thinking maybe a Welsh guy, given, given it was Rod Gilbert. Um, Rod Gilbert, intimate comedy gig. Intimate comedy gig. Um, oh, Rod Gilbert. I'll go Will Chudley. I've got no idea. It is in fact Matt Garvey. Ah. Um, yeah, he posted a, a picture of his um, of, of of the ticket on uh, on Instagram. Um, apologies for the for the noise there. Just flicking to flicking to my <laughs> notes. Um, question number three, um, and this is a two part question. There's a bonus point on offer here potentially. Um, which back three player went with his partner to South Africa? And apparently met up with a certain former Bath prop who is now living in South Africa. 
So I'll, g- I'll give you the three options, and then you can have a pop at which which yeah. which which prop um, which prop you think it is. So is it A James Wilson, B Jack Wilson, or C Tom Homer? Um, Jack Wilson. He's correct. Good <laughs> shout. Yeah, out of complete guess there, but but, but yeah. good shout. And I'll, I'll give you I'll, I'll give you a clue. So um, I think I'm gonna know the prop is. Go on then. Matt, Matt Stevens. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Both yeah, uh, both at Saracens. Um, oh, I didn't even make yeah. that link, but yeah, yeah. So Matt Stevens obviously played at Saracens, um, and and Jack Wilson before he um, joined the, the the England Seven setup was also involved at involved at Saracens. Oh. So uh, that is the that is the link there. Um, oh, final fair qu- Yeah, I didn't realise that Jack Wilson was at Saracens at the same time as Matt Stevens, but there you go. There we go. Really bringing the big stories <laughs> here. Um, and finally, if I can find it, oh, here we go. Um, which back row player was in New York this week to watch a New York Knits next <laughs> basketball what? game at Madison Square Garden? He also found a street that was named after him. Well, but that's what he said on, on, on Instagram anyway. And he posted a photo of him standing next to the street, the, the sort of street sign. What? Quite a niche question that. Yeah, but, but what, um, what, what did you call the team a second? New York Knicks Nets basketball. Okay. Is that not right? I don't know. Again, I don't not, know anything about basketball. Well, again, not a basketball podcast. So, uh, <laughs> Doesn't sound like uh, well, a, a that's, team. Um, <laughs> that, was, um, that was actually Daniel Evans, so uh, you can blame him if that is... Uh, <laughs> no, so yeah, which back rower? So is it back Franco- rower. Yeah, is it Francois Lowe, Tom Ellis or Zach Mercer? Ooh. I reckon Zach Mercer wants to keep himself in the country in case of an injury to, to Billy Vinopola. So I'm ruling him out. Um, I'm going to go basketball. Let's go Francois Lowe. It was Tom Ellis. Tom Ellis. Fact. So, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Zach Mercer's, I think, is taking a long weekend, uh, long weekend in Dublin, I think. Or <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, where was the England training camp? He's, he's gone there. Uh, to Portugal the, somewhere. Yeah, yeah, Portugal yeah, yeah. on the off chance. Um, no, fair enough. Good quiz. And it's good to see that the boys have uh, been letting their hair down after what's been a tough start to the season uh, with anticipation of um, what is a crucial, obviously crucial second half of the season. Um, right then, on to another bit of uh, news this week. Um, and a player we've not really had the chance to speak about much on this podcast due to injuries is is Anthony Watson. Um, and he recently caught up uh, with, I think it was the Express uh, paper, to, to say to, to reveal his uh, ideal idea of his return date. Um, and he put this at the end of February uh, and perhaps being back for the, the latter stages of the Six Nations if selected. Um, this is brilliant news, Tom, because I, I certainly assumed that it, w- it was going to be slightly longer than that. Uh, w- what's your take on, on that news? Yeah, I mean, if, you know, if, if, if he's saying that, then that's obviously sort of what he's been told by by the people involved in his rehab, you know, by the medical team at Bath. The only, the only potential sort of scepticism I'd have around that is, you know, we have um, seen in the past that uh, players at the club have been sort of overly um, optimistic around sort of the return date of players. So Jonathan Joseph, um, in particular, we thought he'd be back before Christmas, probably early December, um, during his rehab stage. Um, and then it wasn't obviously until... Um, near the new year went well it wasn't until sorry the Toulouse game um, a couple of weekends ago that he mm. that he came back so um, I think I won't be holding my breath um, on the end of February but um, obviously um, it, it speaks to the fact that his rehab is going well which is fantastic um, obviously he re 
um, I guess re-ruptured if that is even a, even a word, which is definitely not. But he he retore his uh, his Achilles tendon, um, you know, after he'd he'd been rehabbing um, for a while. So that pushed pushed the injury uh, pushed the injury sort of timescale back. Um, but we obviously would all love to see Anthony Watson back in a Bath shirt. You know, he's he, he's my favourite Bath player. I think mm. he I think he's I think he's yours. He's he's most yeah. he, well, he's, a, he's a lot of. Um, you know the fans' favourite player because of how exciting he is, how how fantastic he's been um, for us, um, and obviously you know committed his his long term future to Bath as well. So um, even more exciting to see to see him come back and and see what he can do both for England, but but more importantly really yeah. for Bath. Um, and yeah, you mentioned his his style of playing, and that that is for many reasons why he is my favourite player and why he's a lot of the the supporters' favourite players. Uh, and, and that's the one area of concern I would have. Um, you know, we've spoken about this before, Tom, but the the Achilles injury, with the nature of that being, um, you know, obviously the lower part of the leg, <laughs> clearly, um, <laughs> his game based on speed and, and based on his quick feet, he needs that Achilles to be 100% sound and secure. And he needs not to have lost any of that pace and that raw acceleration, which makes Anthony such a brilliant, brilliant player. And so I would be wary of of rushing him back because he needs to be 100% confident in that Achilles. And that Achilles needs to be 100% secure because it that 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 that's the basis of his game. And, and I'd hate to see him come back and, and look a shell of his player because he's not dedicated the time to his rehab and and I'm sure I'm absolutely sure that that the Bath guys are aware of that and and they'll be on top of that and by no means rushing him back and and just a quote from 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 Anthony that that was in the article he said I have no doubt about the way I'm going to come back and whether my Achilles is going to hold up so he's obviously aware of that fact um, and, and fingers crossed he comes back you know the player that and maybe even better player uh with this opportunity to to rehab other parts of his body as well um hopefully he comes back a better player than, than what he was if if that's at all at all possible yeah and, and and just looking at the sort of current england setup obviously we'd hope that he'd he'd be included um sort of in the in the england setup when, when, when he does come back and, and fullback is a position for england um you know there's, there's a lot of debate about whether it should be mike brown for the world cup they've tried um, Elliot Daly um, over the over the last few months, which, um, as I've said to you for for some time, I think um, I think is a good idea, and, and sort of I think Daly um, is um, sort of the long term option for us at fullback. I don't um, actually think that that Watson's best position is at fullback um, at, at international level, at least, because I do think um, international fullback is a very um, a, a very different proposition to, to to being a club fullback when when you know the defenses aren't aren't quite as tight and and you've got more space to run which as you say is 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 Anthony Watson's game but um yeah maybe he'll he'll come back um there is there is competition for places in that back through it's hugely competitive mm. obviously club mate Joe Thokonosiga um, has been included with England so it will certainly be no cakewalk for for Anthony Watson coming back to, you know just to walk back into that mm. England shirt but um I what? think we know we know how how classy he is, and and I'd be very surprised if he if he's not in that in that World Cup in that World Cup fifteen, um, you know, if fully fit. Yeah, well, he he did mention in in the article that he had he had regular contact with with Eddie Jones and with the England coaches. Yeah. Uh, they obviously know the 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 talent he's got. I, mean, I think he's England's top try scorer under Eddie Jones, um, and, and that's given you know he has had quite a lot of time off. Uh, he was injured at the end of 
last Six Nations, so missed all of the autumn. So I think Jones knows what a valuable asset he can be. Um, and I just, fingers crossed, he comes back fit and firing and, and absolutely at the peak of his powers because that Achilles injury, if you know, if you start to get problems with that, uh, it can be a real, it can be almost a, a career ender. So fingers crossed for Anthony and, and a bit of positive news there. Um, and we've kind of touched on, on England's um, on England there, Tom. And whilst, you know, the rugby world will be trained in on the wreck on Saturday, watching <laughs> the, the, the crucial West Country derby, Bath v Gloucester, um, some people might have one eye on the Six Nations. And so perhaps we should, we should touch on it briefly. Uh, what, are your, what are your hopes for, for, for England and for the Six Nations? Well, I'll say, firstly, what a week from, from a Bath rugby perspective, um, you know, in terms of the Six Nations. You know, a 100% increase in the, in the players, in the players um, <laughs> involved in the England squad, obviously, with Jonathan Joseph. Um, showing uh, some of his, you know, that, that he has regained his form um, against Toulouse. I, th- I thought he looked sharp, and, and obviously so did Eddie Jones. So he, he's been included. Um, not sure he'll he'll be included in the twenty three, but um, I guess they just want to get him back into the into the style of play uh, and back into the training um, with England. I think more generally, I'm I'm really happy with the with England squad that's that, that's been selected, and I am confident, you know, sort of going into the Six Nations. I think I agree with Eddie Jones when he says that this is probably the strongest squad um, he's ever been able to pick, or at least in in sort of the recent past. I think the two players that are absolutely critical um, to, to England's success are both the Vunapolas, um, Mako obviously at loose head and, and Billy at number eight. I think we look a we look a different team when when mm-hmm. Vunapola's at number eight in particular. And I think that's not just because of probably a lack of of alternatives that are, that are at the same level as Vunapola, but it's just something about having him there, getting across the game line. Um, he, he's always so up for it in an England shirt as well. And I, I think you know that that mentality really translates through to, to to the you know the seven guys um in front of him so so seeing him fit and fingers crossed he stays fit does sort of give me give me a lot of confidence for England in the six nations particularly after what let's not forget was a very successful set of autumn internationals mm. Yeah, I think whilst Zach Mercer has his obvious talents at number eight and can can definitely bring something to to the England setup, I believe I think Billy Vinopolo is is like no other in the world, um, and when he's playing um, psychologically and and tactically, it's such a big boost to England. Obviously, this this first game against Ireland is is going to be the key, and it'll be interesting to see with the selection he goes for, given that he believes uh, Eddie Jones is believes that is the strongest squad. It's probably the, the 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 biggest signpost we're going to get as England fans to to the likely World Cup team and, and his ideas looking towards the World Cup which is now obviously only sort of eight eight months away so um really interesting to see that and, and and all of the teams the Six Nations before the World Cup is such an important window for the coaches to get their players uh for for an extended period of time um and and drill into them that the game plan they're going to look to to use at the World Cup um obviously with no autumn internationals this is one of the last periods those coaches are going to have to to not only see to get an idea of selection for the World Cup, but also get an idea of, of the game plan they're going to look to operate with. So I think it's absolutely key and it is really exciting. I, I think I agree with you completely with what you say there, in that you know it is the last opportunity that, that Eddie Jones gets to test the depth of the squad really and and you know work out his best combinations. And I think sort of on that point, I think that's probably why Zach Mercer's missed out on this occasion. I think the reason that. Jack Clifford and Ben Earl have been included 
who are obviously conventionally more, you know flankers, is that he, he wants to te- test the depth that we, he's got in that position. Mm. Should, for example, Sam Underhill not be available, Tom Curry not be available, um, or Chris Robshaw, um, who, who is currently injured, not be available. And I think he wants to know who is next in his pecking order. I think if he was picking his World Cup squad tomorrow based on who he thinks you know the best uh, players are, I think Zach Mercer would be included. So... Um, I don't know if that's obviously been communicated to Zach Mercer, but I think he's mm. still in that best sort of 35 players. I just think that Eddie Jones wants to sort of nail down his his his, his sort of fifth and sixth flankers um, and work out if, it, if it's Jack Clifford or if it's if it's someone like Ben yeah. Yeah, really exciting times uh, for England uh, with the Six Nations. It's a, it's a great period of rugby uh, upcoming. So uh, definitely keep crack of, keep across that. Um, anything else you want to... Well, well, I was just going to mention one other thing, and, and that's, you know, a bit of a shout-out to, to ex-Bath Centre, Oli Devoto, um, who, you know, a bit of a surprise inclusion, I think. He's he's not played a great deal for Exeter um, this season. You know, he, he started to, to look back to his best, but um, Centres is such a such a competitive position at, at Exeter. You know, we saw Campagnaro um, leave to Wasps, who's, who's barely played in recent seasons for, for Exeter, and he's now a regular starter at Wasps. So um, great to see Oli Devoto... Um, you know, get his chance for England. Bit of a shame um, from a Bath perspective, though, mm. that he um, it was announced that he he'd re-signed for Exeter on a two-year deal. I think um, we were pretty confident. In fact, you were adamant <laughs> that um, Oli Devoto was going to re-sign. I think what was it? Chris Cook promised yeah, you no, promised you it two years ago or something just, like that. Just on Devoto, it was the I think it was the 2016 uh, 2015-16 season. I think he left Bath. Um, and I think when he signed the contract, for, this is a massive sidetrack, but anyway, we'll go down it because, um, well, we haven't got anything else to talk about this week. But uh, yeah, when he when he signed for Exeter, I think he was under the impression that, that Burgess and, and other guys like Eastman were ahead of him. And by the end of the season, he was playing some of his, his best rugby for Bath. And, and when he signed, I was at, when, he, when he left in his last game, I was at the, the wreck. Um, and he was he was visibly in tears uh, about leaving, and he'd obviously got a lot of mates there coming through the academy at Bath. And Chris Cook came over uh, to where I was stood, and I said, "Oh well, Devoto obviously looks upset." And he said, "Yeah, don't worry, he'll be back when his contract's up in in three years." So um, yeah, I was adamant, but not to be. Maybe he's uh, he's enjoying himself down at, um in in Exeter, and, and fair enough uh, to him. And and good luck to him in the England squad. And the other guy as well, the other former former Bath player in a Six Nations squad, who we probably should mention, it is oh, yeah. Dave Cici. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, not thought about him in a long time, but um, somehow made it into the the Italy squad. So so good luck to him. Uh, fingers crossed, he has a good Six Nations and and stakes his claim for for the World Cup. Um, right then, moving on to to the more important matters of the Premiership Rugby Cup. Then, Tom <laughs> um, and Bath face off uh, against Gloucester in what is uh, unfortunately a dead rubber for Bath, having lost our our three previous Premiership Rugby Cup games. Gloucester can qualify um, with a bonus point victory, um, so they'll certainly have have one eye on the result. Whereas Bath may be perhaps looking to to use it as a a more performance based uh, thing. Tom, uh, previous fixture at the record in the season, the thirty 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 one thirty one draw uh, in our second game of the season. Uh, you're going to the rec on Saturday, Tom. What are you expecting to see? 
Well, I think like sort of a lot of these these Premiership Rugby Cup games, um, it's quite hard to call anything until you do see both sides that have been been put out. Um, I, I basically hope for for something, um, you know, as you say, like we saw um, against Gloucester in the reverse fixture. It'd be nice mm. to see some 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 running rugby. It'd be nice to see some some young guys on both sides actually um, get an opportunity. I think I've been really um, impressed with the selection um, in these types of games. In that we've not just um, you know, put put a second string side up. We've not just played, um, you know, given given the young guys an opportunity that they do need. But we've had, you know, we've always had quite a nice blend um, in the different position groups of experience and of youth. Um, and, and I hope to see sort of see that continue. To be honest, um, been, it'd be nice to see Darren Atkins um, start. I thought he he looked quiet um, against Toulouse. He didn't really um, get the ball and, and the mm. opportunity to show um, you know some of the form that he has shown um, over the season. So it'd be good to see see Darren um, get a start and and just some of the younger guys coming in. So I wonder if, for example, Will Vaughan, who's obviously just re-signed. Yeah. Um, we'll get a start. Uh, Miles Reed, I'm not sure if he um, is fit and available. Uh, Josh Bayless, I think, um, has really come on during yeah. the European period. So, so players, players like that uh, on the Bath side, and then um, also on the Gloucester side, it'd be great to see some of the younger guys um, that they've got uh, sort of line up against our young guys, really. Mm. Um, so, yeah, one guy that I'm obviously quite quite biased to, um, having played with him at sort of under 13, under 14 level, is Ben Velicott. Um, in, yeah. in the scrum half shot, I think he's he's electric. Um, obviously, there's been talk of him previously being involved with England, and he had a great season last season. So, um, hopefully, see some of the uh, some of the young guys line up and, and and really give us some good entertainment at the rec. Yeah, and you mentioned those young guys, Tom, and and this is going to be inevitably our last Premiership Cup game, given that it is a dead rubber and we're already out of the competition. Uh, and that means this is probably their last opportunity to stake a claim for first team rugby, because for them. For for a Bath, then it's it's pure Premiership rugby because we're out of the European Cup and and out of this competition as and, well. And we don't have many that many sort of away with Six Nations duty. So exactly. So this is a really this is the last opportunity for guys on the fringes, um, and guys that have been in and out uh, to really stake a claim that you know pick me for the for the important Premiership games. So on that basis, I think a lot of the guys will be will be up for it and will be looking to to stake a claim in that regard. We're starting to see some competition for places come back. Yeah, you know as people come yeah. back and we're starting to see. Um, you know, is Blacker going to back out? Going to pick some of the younger guys who've shown a lot of promise, or the experienced guys who've maybe not sort of played as well as they have done, or been out injured? So, um, a couple of positions that you know would be good to get your thoughts on. So, scrum half for one. Mm. Um, so, Chris Cook, I think, has, has been looking pretty good the last few weeks. Khan Fotu Lee, who obviously has been first choice in previous seasons gone by, has, has just come back. Then we've got Will Chudley, Max Green, who who I know is someone you've been you've been very impressed with, and all these guys are now fit. And I think that's the first time this season. Um, that we've had all those four um, scrum halves fit. So it'd um, be really interesting to see um, who Blackadder pits. Who would, who would you like to see sort of, not, not just start against Gloucester, because I think that's probably less important, but mm. who right now is your sort of number one scrum half and maybe number two scrum half um, going into the sort of second half of the Premiership season? I, I think Blackadder's established his, his number one as as being Will Chudley, yeah. given the, the leadership role that, that he's undertaken and just the fact that, that when Chudley starts, he often doesn't come off. And I think Blackadder has, in, in, in Chudley's uh, short time at the club, he's uh, gained a lot of trust from, from Blackadder. I think the coaches 
do really trust him in that regard in his game control, especially at the end of, of tight games, especially if we're leading um, and, and we're looking to control the end of a game. So I think he's definitely established himself as, as the number one uh, at Bath. And I think, and I've said this before, I think the number two should be, and I think is now, uh, Max Green. And I'd like to see him play against uh, Gloucester uh, on Saturday, on Saturday, sorry, um, because more game time for him, the better at his young age, and and give him a bit of confidence. Uh, I think he looked sharp when he when he played against Wasps in the European Champions mm. Cup, round five of the European mm. Champions Cup. Obviously, scored his try off the back of that Falatau break, but I think he looked sharp around the park. Um, so I'd like to see him given some game time and, and him be be kind of established as as the number two at the club, especially with a with a view to to the future, given his 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 younger age than, than the other two guys you mentioned in in Fotoli and Kirk. Uh, would you would you would you agree with that? Yeah, yeah, I think I will. I would say that we potentially are being a little bit short sighted in that Fotoli has been. Um, a brilliant nine for the club in in seasons seasons gone by, and whereas you know as as we've as as we've mentioned previously on on previous quizzes, I think he is he is the oldest player <laughs> in the squad. Um, but I do think it's worth sort of giving him a chance because he has he has struggled with injury um, this season. So mm. um, I, I, you know I, I don't think I don't think I think this jury's still out, but I, I do agree. Sort of looking forward, um, I would like to see Max Green um, given more game time. I think the other Maxes. Um, you know, is an important sort of um, little selection debate as well because Max Clark, mm. who probably um, was a little bit off the pace when he played earlier in the season, he's come back. Obviously, got the man of the match performance against Wasps um, in the fixture that you mentioned. I thought he also um, looked sharp out out in Toulouse, so um, he, he's been looking good. Um, as has Max Wright, who I've mentioned repeatedly as mm. I think one of the standout players this season. Obviously, um, with Jamie Roberts um, and Jackson Willison. Um, Sort of both competing for that shirt. James Wilson coming back in as well, who who I probably see um, first and foremost as an inside centre. So the centres again, and Jay as and well. JJ, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> JJ as well. So um, JJ, assuming that he's he's potentially not on the twenty three, he might be made available to play for Bath just to get some some sort of minutes under the belt. So um, yeah, yeah. very inter- interesting to see sort of a pecking order established. Um, maybe, but in this selection against against Gloucester, and then obviously into the first few games of the of the Premiership campaign. Yeah, the one thing I will add on that is, whilst it'd be nice for for a lot of guys to get game time, uh, this goes for for the Premiership Rugby Cup game, and especially for the the bloody Six Nations. I really would not like uh, any additions to our already reasonably long injury list. Um, I'm thinking of Thocken Asiga and, and Joseph and everyone else. I think we need to be given the best opportunity to to break into the top four, which is going to be really competitive given you know it's, it's premiership rugby uh, for, for a, a big stint uh, after after sort of next week um right then and there's a lot of um there's a lot in in recent uh, years tom uh, obviously the bath gloucester game this weekend um, and and for a for a rivalry that it is there's been a lot of players that, that have kind of played for both sides professionally um, so we thought we might uh, this week come up with a, a 15 of, of players um, who, who have played for, uh, for both Bath and Gloucester, as I mentioned. Um, uh, and and I, will men- I will say that, that me and Tom uh, did this team uh, and, and came up with the majority of it, uh, whereas, where there were, however, there were one or two um, positions, if I can <laughs> get my words out here, um, there were one or two positions where, where we struggled to, 
to uh, find players. So we had uh, the help of a, a very useful article uh, from Daniel Evans at Somerset Live last year, uh, just to fill in one or two gaps uh, where, where we couldn't remember uh, anyone. And, and, and there are one or two obscure names, uh, certainly in the front row, actually. Um, so let's get to it, Tom, um, and let, let, let's start in, in the front row. And, and, and first of all, who, who could you uh, remember, that were, without the use of, of, of the internet, who, who could you remember uh, from, the, from the front row? Yeah, I mean, the only sort of player after I'd sort of wrap my brains for it that I, I could come up with, and, and you know, obviously um, this is sort of more recent years that I'm sort of more familiar with, with, with the players of both sides, was um, Sean Knight, um, who, who played at Gloucester, um, before um, before coming across mm. to Bath, obviously he's he's not at the club anymore. But he was he was obviously pl- played on the tight head for for both those clubs. And the other one was um, sort of a temp, I think a temporary signing for for Gloucester, um, which was Nathan Charles, yeah. um, who, who was at Hooker. So you know, probably yeah. probably not probably yeah probably not, not the highest caliber of player, <laughs> sort of being brutally honest. <laughs> but they were sort of the only two. Um, in recent seasons that I could I could come up with and, and I'm afraid no one on the on the loose head side but um, I'm sure you'll be able to you'll be able to fill in the gaps yeah no I'm not sure if if uh, this guy um, played either on the loose or, or the tight uh, he only made two appearances for Bath uh, between 2006 2007 uh, a chap called Terry Sigley uh, who's gonna make up the rest of our front row and Terry if you are listening then uh, apologies for for not remembering you and now onto an area, Tom, which is uh, definitely easier to remember, uh, and that is the the second row. Uh, and who who would you go for? Who's your combination? I mean, there's two guys in the bar squad yep. now that spring. So to mind. yeah, I was going to say for me again, a bit of a, a bias to, to more recent players, but um, the two guys who are, yeah, as you say, probably well, two, two of the three best locks that um, we've got at the club in in Dave Atwood and Elliot Stook. So um, I think that they they would be sort of my my two locks my two locks in there. Yeah. Just looking at it further down the line, um, we I'm struggling with a with a number six at the moment. So I think we're going to put uh, Elliot Stook at, at number six, uh, and and the oh, other yeah, okay. the other lock um, p- position. Uh, two other guys, uh, Rob Fiddler, Rob Fiddler. Uh, and and James Hudson as well, uh, mm, former Bath yeah. Uni guy. Um, obviously had to retire, I think, in 2016 uh, off the back of an injury. So uh, one of those two, Tom, who who who's partnering Big Dave Atwood in the, in the second row? Let's go for let's go for Rob Fiddler. I have uh, some some relatively vague memories of of watching uh, watching him run out with a much fresher faced um, Steve Steve Borthwick and uh, and Danny <laughs> Grucott when he wasn't uh, spending time in the in, in the naughty chair having having committed some offence at a ruck. Yeah, so Atwood and, Atwood and Fiddler make up what is a, an imposing second row partnership uh, and Stook uh, in, the, in the back row. Well, you know, Elliot Stook now, uh, you know, now a fully-fledged six, having, um, <laughs> having been uh, sort of preferred to Michael Van Vuren um, to come on in the back row against mm. against Toulouse, and I bet he was, I bet he was absolutely loving it. I mean, remember <laughs> when we, when 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 you and Charlie spoke to Charlie Yules, and that was soon after Elliot Stuke had thrown that, um, thrown that sort of twenty metre pass uh, after making the break in those wet conditions, and um, I'm sure he was equally, well, maybe not quite as happy, but I'm sure he's, I'm sure he's been letting the boys know that he's now a fully fledged uh, back row. He maybe, maybe even he's, you know, he's given Eddie Jones a, a call to <laughs> to let him know that he's an option in that shirt as well now. Yeah, well, we've we've signed a few versatile uh, second row slash back row options we may we may have to look no further than Elliot Stook uh, who's making up the, the rest of the back row then Tom so we've got 
So off the top of my head, we have Gareth Delve, um, mm. obviously very, very good player for both um, for both Bath and Gloucester. I can't remember. Did we have him in the in the yeah, number eight th- shirt or the seven shirt? I think we're gonna have Delvey in the in the eight shirt, uh, and then in the seven shirt, uh, we're gonna go for for Steve Joma, oh, who yeah. uh, has been in the news for 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 slightly more upsetting uh, reasons uh, in in this season. Um, but then obviously his son Max yeah. has been tearing it up for. For, for Bath under 18s so uh, fingers crossed that, that Max Ajomu doesn't uh, end feature in this 15 uh, in a few years yeah, time yeah, and sure. that he spends all of his career at Bath um, but yeah we're going to go with Steve Ajomu in the back row uh, so Ajomu Delve and um, Stook right then scrum half Tom uh, and this one proved to be slightly more difficult and we did have to turn to the um to the to the internet for this, which is definitely a reflection of of our age and and when we started uh, getting into rugby, because there'll be people now screaming down the down the phone or down the phones at us. But uh, at Scrum Half, we're gonna go with Andy Williams, um, who who played for Gloucester between two thousand nine two thousand ten, but most famously played for Bath. Um, made 79 appearances for Bath uh, and was the hero in, in the 2005 Power Gen Cup semi-final when he scored a last-minute try at Kingsholm to defeat Gloucester. And I know when we did the feature on uh, the Memory Lane feature uh, a while ago on the podcast, this was a lot of, 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 of the, the favourite mem- favorite Bath memories for a lot of our, our listeners and a lot of Bath fans. And I certainly think he's uh, remembered more fond- very fondly um, in, in, in Bath supporters' minds, perhaps more than, than, than Gloucester fans, um, given uh, he didn't actually make any premiership appearances for Gloucester and obviously scored that late try at King's home. Uh, number 10 then, Tom, who, who are we going for? Well, number 10, and, um, you know, again, a, a player who's now at Bath, but, you know, has spent time at Gloucester, um, as, as has his, his younger brother, in fact. Um, and that, that's Freddie Burns. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think there was anyone else um, on my list. Obviously, um, Ollie Barkley, um, yeah. you know, uh, did play 10 uh, for Bath, but um, I think um, he, he's sort of predominantly more of an inside centre. So, yeah, I think, I think Freddie Burns yeah, um, go, will get an attention. We're going with uh, Burns at 10. And then in the centres, we're going with, well, we've got a choice of three, uh, as I see it. So we've got Barkley there, uh, as you mentioned, Mike Tyndall, uh, World Cup winner. Uh, and, and I know who, who uh, and a player who was certainly one of my favourite players and, and a, was a favourite amongst the fans uh, was Eliotta Farmer-Sopolu, uh, who played for Bath um, about uh, 10 years ago, if I can remember rightly. Um, who, who are you picking out, out of those three? I think it's probably uh, got to be those those first two, really. Um, Honourable mention to, to to Matt Banahan as well, actually, who, mm. um, who obviously uh, may feature, I think features <laughs> in our back three, um, as a spoiler alert, but um, he obviously has played at both 12 and 13 um, certainly for Bath and um, and maybe even for Gloucester this season, to be honest. Yeah, and and has definitely been on the bench at least uh, to cover the back row slash lock for Gloucester yeah. early on in the season. So so Banners was definitely a useful guy to to have uh, to slot in anywhere. But we slotted him in uh, in in the on the wing shirt, Tom, uh, amongst two other uh, really exciting back three players. Who are we going for in in the back three? So we've got we've got Matt Banahan on one wing, as you say, Tom Voice um, mm. on the other wing and then Ian Bolshaw mm. um, at fullback to make up a very um, very exciting 
um, combination combination there. So um, yeah, yeah. All in all, a pretty good team, I think. Uh, and if there's anyone you think we've we've missed off, then then please do get in touch with us at Bath Rugby Plug on Twitter. We're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, or we're at we're Bath Rugby Plug at gmail.com uh, via email. So if there's anyone you think we've missed off, or anyone else that you think deserves a mention, uh, then please make their case uh, on social media and get in touch with us about that. And once again, thank you to to Daniel Evans who who did supply the article uh, from which we we did uh, get a couple of the more obscure ones Tom right then I think we've uh, pretty much covered it off Uh, the only thing left for us to do is is to make a prediction about the the game between these two Bath and Gloucester sides perhaps won't be uh, made up of so many stars as the side we've just made there Tom but but how do you see the, the game on Saturday going yeah, as I sort of said before, I think it is hard to know. And I think um, as we've done sort of with a couple of games this season, once we do see the teams, it might be that sort of we do sort of revise how, how the game's going to going to play out. Mm. Um, and, and I think we should we should sort of tweet out and, and we will put a poll out as we've done as we've done in previous weeks just to see um, how people think the two sides um, are going to go against each other. Once we mm. once, as I say, we, we do know those teams. I do have an inkling that Gloucester are going to put out a relatively strong side. As you say, um, they can qualify um, for the next stages of, of the Premiership Rugby Cup. But I think more importantly, um, you know, in a season that started so strongly for them, mm-hmm. I think their form, um, both in the Premiership and in Europe, um, has nosedived slightly. Obviously, the, the, the quite uh, considerable losses to Sale Sharks at home um, and more latterly against, against Munster when they were, you know, as I say, um, comprehensively beaten. So, the other sort of, um, I guess, benefit of this tournament, as well as budding some younger guys, is to try and get a little bit of momentum um, back into your season, some some confidence um, into the players, into the coaches. Um, so I think Gloucester might put out a relatively strong side. Um, and, I, and I think we'll continue to sort of blend together um, the, the, the experience um, the experienced guys, potentially, who are just sort of coming back, um, having not played so much this season, as well as the younger guys that, that we've mentioned. So um, I think potentially Gloucester might edge us one out purely mm. because... Um, uh, you know they put out something that's closer to to a first team side. So um, I guess I guess right now, sort of um, without obviously seeing the teams, I'll go Gloucester by seven. Yeah, uh, that sounds uh, about right. To be fair, I think as you say, the the teams will tell all, and and so we will put up some some more thoughts on on Twitter once the teams are announced. So so do follow us on there uh, to to find out what we think once the teams are announced. And just quickly uh, to to just um, go over the team that, that we selected, uh, the Bath-Gloucester combined team. Uh, we're going with Sigley, Charles and Knight in the front row, Atwood and Fiddler, Stook, Delve, Ajomo in the back row, halfbacks of Andy Williams and Freddie Burns, in the centre, Mike Tyndall and Ollie Barkley, and a back three of Matt Banahan, Tom Voice and Ian Bolshaw. As I say, do get in touch with us if you think we're wrong uh, and get in touch with us with any other thoughts uh, about the podcast uh, and about stuff you want us to talk about um, in future podcasts. Thank you very much for listening. Oh, there's my Siri. Thank you very much for listening. <laughs> um, and yeah, follow us on social media. What's, Subs- what's, what's your prediction quickly? Um, mm. I'll just go Bath by seven. Go Bath by seven. <laughs> I'll just go split split opinion uh, this week. I'll just I'll just ask Siri what his his opinion is. Have you, have you, have you, have you predicted a, no. a Bath loss yet? No, I think I even Lenster away you called us to uh, 
you called us to... Well, I mean, you did have as an account yeah. prediction at the time that we'd, we'd beat Leinster in either the home or the away fixture. Um, as did I have a, an, you know, an account prediction that Jonathan Joseph wouldn't re-sign. But um, <laughs> I think I was definitely happier to be to be wrong than you were with that one. Yeah, I think... Um, I don't think I'll be uh, going against Bath anytime soon. Uh, that just about does it. As I say, follow us on social media, subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts uh, and get behind the blue, black and white. Even though it's the, the Six Nations this weekend, just keep one eye on, on how the boys are getting on because definitely some stars of the future in show. Thanks for listening uh, and we'll be, with you, we'll be with you soon. Cheers, guys.